Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show where I, me, Jeff, go through all of uh, that one guy, Alfred Hitchcock, you know him, his movies, I go through them chronologically, and I, I come here, and I sit in front of a microphone, and I accidentally bump my desk so that you can hear it, and I try to edit it out so you don't hear it later. This is a good start. I, I we are, The year is 1940, friends. We're in a new decade, and a new era of Alfred Hitchcock as we, uh, you know... I should probably research whether or not this movie is at where it was filmed. Be right back. All right, so I'm back. This this was produced by Sleznik or Selznick uh, Pictures Entertainment, which this is a 1940 movie. It came out in the year 1940, and the studio apparently dissolved in 1943. So not exactly the bastion of success. And this is the second movie in a row. Uh, Based on a novel by Daphne Durr Mur Mur Maury Maurer. She wrote a novel and it got turned into this movie by Hitchcock. This movie is two hours and ten minutes long. I believe that is the longest movie yet. Uh let me let me hold on. So two two hours, ten minutes. The Farmer's Wife, which is the only other movie to go over two hours, is two hours and nine minutes. I'll give you a guess which one's better. It's Rebecca. Okay, because this one actually has sound, right? It's been a while since I've mentioned having to watch silent movies, like a day or two even. This this movie, it it's... I'm hesitating to say. This movie's good. All right, this is a, a very good movie. It is a slow burn movie, though. It moves at a snail's pace. But how it still ends up being good is the performances are there. So even though it moves slowly, what you're seeing is very well done while it's moving slowly. This is a romance thriller that spends the first half of the movie just kind of being a romance. There's not a lot of thrills in the movie. Our protagonist, her name, she's booked as Miss De Winter, but she has a name and I don't know. I don't remember what it is. They say it in the movie. I don't know if they actually say her name in the movie. Now that I think about it, I'm not going to double back and check because effort all right well anyway so mr winter is not mr winter at the beginning of the film she is the assistant of a lady staying in a big hotel there's another billionaire there by the name of maxim de winter that's your foreshadowing they're gonna get married okay spoilers it came out in 1940 we get introduced these characters meet each other for the first time mr de winter is looking down off of a cliff like he's gonna commit suicide and Mrs. DeWinter, I got to find her name. I just can't do this. One sec. Okay, I'm back. I looked, okay. Her name, I don't think it's said. Like he, when they introduce themselves to each other, they don't. They don't say the name. He says his name. Let, let me go back. I'll be back. Okay, I'm back for like the last time. So turns out, her name is not said in the movie. As a matter of fact, it's not said in the book either or the 
uh, they, apparently there's a recent remake and I believe I saw the trailer for this and I, for some reason, my brain didn't connect it, but apparently there's a remake on Netflix of this that I'll probably have to check out. I'm not going to review it on this, but, um, her name's just never said. So she gets called doll, lamb, honey, girl. And when I was reading about this, a lot of people took some artistic meaning in it, that this character is having a hard time finding herself and who she is. And then I, I okay, all right, I, I could buy into that because she's very shy and very willing to uh, allow herself to be submitted to the will of others. She doesn't have in this movie really any interests or anything i mean she sketches but it's almost like because she has to do something she's not good at it like she sketches a, a portrait of mr de winter and it looks like garbage um but apparently this is a, a choice of the film and it works and like our our lead mr winter who's played by joan fontaine is fantastic she does this uh, she she plays this innocent naive sort of wide-eyed person with a you know kind of a wondering look at the world and she works for this old lady who only pays her to be i guess the term we would use today would be assistant but she uses the term companion uh and mr de winter even says i didn't know companionship could be bought essentially she runs air and she's an assistant and a paid buddy because there's a point where this lady just wants to play gin or rummy and she calls her into the room just to do that and run errands and she's very dismissive and mistreating of our lead so there's like this whirlwind romance they meet up and uh you know they end up falling in love after a few dates and she she keeps occasionally she like makes Mr. De Winter angry by bringing up water or being in the ocean. And it gets explained that Mr. De Winter is a widower and his first wife passed by drowning. And, and this crazy old lady that she works for is, is raving about how he was married to her, to this woman named Rebecca, the title, the titular character who's not actually in this movie uh, is his late wife that he apparently adored and loved and doted over. And he hasn't quite been the same since, which would make sense. Why at the beginning of the movie, there was this tease that he was going to kill himself. They are forced to have a quick marriage because her boss i guess is saying that she's leaving this hotel they're staying in because her daughter or niece or someone is getting married uh so they decide to get married and run off together and they move back to his estate which is called um mandalay which is this big mansion like if you've ever watched any sort of jane austen movie where these uh yes i watched jane austen i've seen most like not she didn't make the movies but she's written several books that have been made into several movies and i've seen several of them get off my case but it's those kind of houses that he lives in he's very wealthy 
and uh, he's got a lineage of people. Like in this house, there's paintings of like ancestors and junk. And she, he has the worst, like most creepy, like head of household lady who runs things. Her name's Mrs. Danvers, and she's mean to uh, Miss DeWinter because apparently her best friend in the world was Rebecca, who is now late, you know, dead. And she doesn't approve that she's getting married, but she is uh, passive-aggressive to a fault. Even to the point where she takes her uh, the, the new Mrs. DeWinter into Rebecca's room and kind of creeps her out by showing her old things and talking about how she doesn't, you know, like, it's sad that he's rebounding, you know, just being mean. He has some other nice help that are very kind to uh, the new Miss DeWinter. But like I was saying, with her not having a name and them establishing herself, she gets to a point where she gets tired of trying to, to compare herself to Rebecca, having people compare her to Rebecca. And there's a point where she gets fed up with Mrs. Danvers garbage and calls her in the room and says, we're throwing out all of these like letters and stuff that Rebecca had written. And she, well, those are, those are Mrs. Well, here. You sent for me, madam. Yes, Mrs. Danvers. I want you to get rid of all these things. These are Mrs. DeWinter's things. I am Mrs. DeWinter now. Very well, I'll give the instructions. Yeah, so suck it, Danvers. Like, the whole movie, she keeps treating... The new Mrs. DeWinter like crap, even though the new Mrs. DeWinter is her boss. And this is the first time in the movie that the new Mrs. DeWinter grows any kind of spine. Just before this scene, she finds out that uh, Rebecca actually had uh, an affair with a guy named Mr. LaVale, uh, who is an actor who will be in our next movie uh, again. Uh, and apparently... Because Mrs. Danvers was so close to Rebecca, she also helped keep the secret and assisted in hiding him. And I don't know if they're doing something because there's a lot of like talking and stuff going on in the other room that Mrs. Danvers and Mr. LaVale are having this discussion. Uh, and, but new Mrs. Dewinner agrees to keep a secret. You know, that sort of thing. So with her newfound confidence... Uh, the new Mrs. DeWinter decides it's time to throw a party like the old days that apparently this house is known for. Big parties, okay? And as the the, the head of house, that's what she's going to do. And uh, so she sets up for a big costume party, says she doesn't want Mrs. Danvers' help, but it's a costume party, so she needs to come up with a costume. And a kind old Mrs. Danvers thinks it's a great idea that she dress up like this. Uh, there's a picture at the head of the stairs of this ancestor of Mr. DeWinter's, which in watching the movie, you know, she's being set up because the whole time they establish Mrs. Danvers as this evil witch. And you know that this dress is a bad idea and she hides it from everyone, including Mr. DeWinter's sister, who is a good person in this movie. She's kind and wants the best for her brother and realizes that this girl is probably the best for her brother. She comes downstairs wearing this costume, quote unquote. It's like an old dress. It's barely a costume. And it it makes Mr. DeWinter livid. And 
tells her to run upstairs and change it. And while she's boohoo crying her eyes out in, in Rebecca's room, Mrs. Danvers comes up and starts trying to talk our lead into jumping out of a window. Why don't you go? Why don't you leave Mandalay? He doesn't need you. He's got his memories. He doesn't love you. He wants to be alone again with her. You've nothing to stay for. You've nothing to live for, really, have you? Look down there. It's easy, isn't it? Why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah. So this is the kind of person we're dealing with here. While this, like, she's actually looks like in her face, she's about to do it. Right. But a, a big explosion goes off. There's a shipwreck uh, found offshore. Uh, a, a boat's been found. Now, in this boat is Rebecca's corpse. OK, now that's problematic because Mr. DeWinter had already identified a corpse as Rebecca that apparently had washed up on shore shortly after she went missing. So obviously that's a problem. He ID identified the wrong body. And it, when the new Mrs. DeWinter comes to him and says, what's going on? He explains that one day he had caught Rebecca and her mistress dude what do you call a mistress when it's a dude? A mister? She had caught, he had caught her and this dude thrown down or whatever. And she threatened saying, hey, I'm pregnant and there's nothing you can do about it because you don't want to deal with the embarrassment of divorce. Now, this is his words, right? That you don't want to deal with the embarrassment of divorce. So you're going to have to raise this dude's kid, you know, the guy I've been sleeping with, his kid. And when you die, he's going to inherit your house. And then apparently she cackles wildly. Apparently he gets in her face because they establish he's a hothead. But she like trips, according to him, and hits her head on like an anchor that's in the other room and pretty much just dies. And so what he did was he threw on a boat, went out to sea and sunk the boat with her in it. So they find these, this boat and uh, yeah, well, the first thing they do that they have him come and identify this new body that is Rebecca. And he says, oh, yeah, that's her. I must have been mistaken. And for the most part, people are taking him at his word with the exception of her Mr. Ress, him, Mr. LaVale. He has a note from her saying that she's going to the doctor and she's excited to see him or whatever. So they have to now track. So he starts, he's going to blackmail Mr. DeWinter and Mr. DeWinter is so smart. I like it when people do things that make sense. Like he already is now kind of in trouble and a little bit of hot water. Cause it looks fishy that his wife died under these weird circumstances and no, and it looks like it could have been a suicide, but nobody's backing that up. Nobody's saying, Hey, she seemed to be suicidal. She actually had this dude she was with 
that she couldn't wait to see and she was having an affair with. And it didn't make sense that she would have done this. Well, he's going to get blackmailed because this dude has a note that Mr. Lavelle seems to think indicates that she's not going to commit suicide. And he says, you know, I've been working at a car dealership all my life. If you want this to go away, I don't want to have to do that anymore. And he essentially is blackmail, right? It's blackmail at this point. And Mr. DeWinter says, okay, let's go meet somewhere private and we'll negotiate this. Mr. Winter is great because instead of negotiating this, he gets like the head police investigator who's investigating his own crime, his own possible crime and brings him in and says, yeah, this guy's trying to blackmail me. He's got a letter. And so it pretty much diffuses blackmail completely, right? You can't, you can't blackmail someone when they've already gone to the cops with the information you have. It's great. He, the letter gets read and it's not very convincing, but at the same time, it's pretty good evidence. Um, I don't know how well it would fly in America. I mean, there's a, a thing called, uh, you know, reasonable doubt. And there's really not a ton of evidence. But anyway, so what they find is this letter. She was going to the doctor. So and they tell the story of how she was told he was told she was pregnant. And that she's excited and blah, blah, blah. Well, she actually they find this doctor who. They're like, hey, have you seen a Mr. Winter? And he's like, nope, haven't seen her. I'd remember her. And they're like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, well, what date was she supposedly coming here? And he starts reading the names off in his book. And one of them is Danvers. So apparently Rebecca used Mrs. Danvers name. And he tells them, no, she wasn't here because she was pregnant. She was here because I gave her the diagnosis. She had terminal cancer. This deflates the whole room. And Mr. Laval is there and he hangs his head because now he realizes that she must have committed suicide. But she didn't. The story that Mr. DeWinter told is the true story that she had fallen and died in an accident. And he essentially buried her at sea as a way to cover his own tracks. But that doesn't ever get out. He he has been very open with the new Mrs. DeWinter. Uh, and so essentially they live happily ever after at this point. Um, and I don't, I didn't do a good job getting to all the, like I said, it's a slow burn. So really that's the story of it, but there's a lot of character moments and they, while not exactly pertinent to the plot, they are pertinent to the characters and the chemistry between the two leads is great. That's part of the reason you enjoy this movie you want them both to be happy with each other and there's a, a great scene where he starts to talk about you know he's worried that she's gonna leave him because she'll find out he buried his wife at sea which is a good reason to leave someone and she's worried that the relationship's gonna end and she, like she's fighting for the merit. Like it's a really great scene. The emotion is there that all the performances are pretty good. There's some points when our lead gets sort of melodramatic, which I think that comes as more of a director 
probably Hitchcock is probably having her overact or just in the movies in these days, they really ham it up for the, the sadness because the rest of her performance is great. Uh, Mrs. Danvers is villainous in this movie. She looks the part. I had to look her up. I was like, did she play a wicked witch or something? But she nails it. She's ominous. There's a lot of her. She's dressed in black the whole time. And there's a lot of her behind like veils and stuff. And it's a shadowy figure. Um, she's such a great villain in this movie. And the plot took so many turns for me. Like I had figured that he had killed his wife. That was going to be the thing. And I had thought there was going to be a ghost in the building and there wasn't. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is pretty good. I think it just, I don't know that I'd ever watch it again, but from start to finish, it's, it's entertaining and well done. And that's really what you want out of just a movie. You're going to spend two hours on just, just be decent. And at this point I'll be on board, but it, it it's probably better than decent. I I like The Lady Vanishes more, so it's still going to be my favorite, mostly because that movie's way more entertaining. Granted, you have that first half hour, but it's just the last hour is so much fun. Uh, So we're moving on. Cruising through the 40s. We're going to 1941. Oh, no, excuse me. Sorry, we're staying in 1940 uh, to... Uh, watch a movie called Foreign Correspondent. And the gentleman who played Mr. LaVale in this movie uh, apparently is going to be our lead in the next movie, uh, or one of the, the main characters. His name is George Sanders. Uh, maybe not one of the main players, but he's in the next movie. Uh, and his performance in Rebecca is really good. He's really pompous and arrogant. But when the time calls for him, like he gets over Rebecca so quickly. Like when he finds out that uh, she indeed, or at least in his mind, wasn't murdered. And that the reason she went to the doctor was to find out about a terminal illness. He's like, well, I guess I'm back to dealing cars. He literally does that. I'm going to go deal some cars. So. Anyway, he's a really good actor, and he's in in the next movie, Foreign Foreign Correspondent, which is probably about spies or something, you know. Now, here's the thing. The last movie took place in London, and it's produced by Walt Wanger Productions, which looks to be no jokes. No jokes. Which looks to be a subsidiary of Universal. So, again, two movies in a row that that are American movies, but made about or in London. So... Foreign Correspondent is next. If you want to reach out to me, you can get at me by checking out my email account. I got one of those now. What do you want to do about it, huh? Yeah, it's hitchcockchronologically at gmail.com. Check out the link in the description for the uh, Discord there if you want to jump in and talk about the Hitchcock movies with me. I don't know what my problem is. I'll see you next week.